Somebody go ahead and lift your voice and magnify the Lord with me. And let us exalt his name together in this place tonight. Come on, I wonder if we can lift him a little higher tonight. I wonder if we can lift him a little higher tonight. Hallelujah. Turn around and push your neighbor. Tell him neighbor. Tell him ain't no devil in hell gonna hold me down. I remember a story about a little boy who was in class one day and the teacher saw him and another young man talking. I need y'all to help me real quick. Come on. You two right here. Yep. Hurry, 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 hurry. Woo, look at these fine young men. Just, just sit right there on, the, on these two chairs. Just, just right here. And then they were in class. And, and the one boy was behaving himself. And the other little boy kept wanting to distract him and try to talk to him. Act like you're distracted. Try to talk to him. You, you're, but you're ignoring him. You don't want to get in trouble. So keep, keep poking him. And just ignore him. Just ignore him. Don't even keep going. Keep going. Y'all see what I'm talking about? And the one boy was just, he was trying to behave himself. And the teacher happened to, and, and at one moment, the one boy finally turned to tell the other boy to stop. Tell him to stop. Put your hand out. Tell him to stop. And right when he did it, the teacher happened to look. And she didn't see what the other boy was doing. She just saw the one boy turn around and tell him to stop. So she said, boy, what you doing messing around in class? You, you're distracting the whole, come here, you're going to sit in the corner. So this boy didn't know, he just thought, oh man, I got in trouble. And so she made him just sit down. He was, at first he was upset, he had a frown on his face. Just like you know how it is when you don't want to get in trouble. He, so the teacher, teacher stand over here and all of a sudden the boy Starts getting a little smile, a grin on his face. You got to help me out here. Starts getting a little grin on his face. Teacher looks over and says, I wonder what he's grinning about. He's over there. Pretty soon he got a bigger smile on his face. It got even bigger. Bigger smile. Come on, give him the bigger smile. She looked over and said, what? What is, what's he smiling? Pretty soon he couldn't help it. All of his teeth were showing he was smiling so big. Come on, show him the pearly whites. Give it to him. Give him the full. Ooh. The teacher thought, what in the world? He's in trouble. Pretty soon he couldn't have it. He started chuckling to himself. He was laughing to himself. Come on. Put his hand over his mouth trying to hold the laugh in. Yeah, come on. Put your hand over your mouth. You're trying, to, trying to hold. Finally, the teacher couldn't take it any longer. She said, boy, what you smiling and laughing for? You're supposed to be sitting in the corner. He looked at her and said, because I might be sitting down on the outside but on the inside, I'm standing up, uh, and there ain't nothing you can do about it. Uh, I want to thank you. I wonder if there's any saints that feel that way tonight. Uh, you might be looking at my situation, uh, and it looks like I'm sitting down on the outside, uh, but I came uh, to let the devil know uh, on the inside, baby, uh, I'm standing up, uh, and there ain't nothing. Uh, I said there ain't nothing. One more time, make that declaration. Ain't no devil in hell gonna hold me 
You might have been down this week, uh, but I feel uh, some getting up strength in the building. Uh, you might have been fighting some battles, uh, but I came to tell somebody your help is in the building tonight. Uh, your strength uh, is in the building tonight. Uh, your renewing is in the building. Uh, they uh, that wait uh, upon the Lord uh, shall renew uh, their strength. Somebody ought to lift your hands uh, and just plug in uh, to the renewing power of the Holy Ghost for a few moments. Uh, Somebody ought to lift your voice and let the Holy Ghost just refill you real quick. Ah, somebody lift your voice and give God a praise in this place. My God, I feel something shaking loose in the building right now. You may have come in here defeated, but you're leaving a victor in this place. You may have come in here depressed, but you're leaving with the joy of the Lord. You may have come in here on the defense, but God's about to put you on the offense in this house. One more time, somebody, give God a shout of victory in this place. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Woo! My, 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 my. Push your other neighbor, the one that looks like they're sleeping tonight. Tell them neighbor. Tell them neighbor. Tell them the Holy Ghost and fire is in the building tonight. Come on, clap your hands one more time and give him a praise all over this sanctuary. My God, I don't have any sad stories to give you tonight. I, I don't have any sob stories I, to share with you. I don't have anything. All I can tell you is God's been good to me. All I can do is tell you he's been better to me than I've been to myself. All I can tell you is when I think uh, of the goodness of Jesus uh, and all he's done for me, uh, I've got to cry hallelujah. I've got to cry hallelujah. Hey! Ooh, feels good on a Tuesday night in this place tonight. I'm telling you, you can leave with answers for your questions tonight. You can have healing in this place tonight. You can get your breakthrough before you leave this building tonight. If you believe it, shout hallelujah. My, 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 my. High five about six people on the way to your seat. Tell them we having some church up in here. We having some church some church just take the R out of it we're having some church ain't no party like a Holy Ghost party hallelujah amen you can be seated for just a couple of moments 
We want to say what a privilege it is to have our guests with us that are here in the house of the Lord tonight. Would you help me put your hands together one more time, Rock Church, and welcome our guests that are in the house of the Lord. Amen. Welcome to Midweek at the Rock. We are so grateful for everything that the Lord is doing in this place, and God has surely been good to us. Amen. Amen. So excited about what God is doing. Let's remember uh, to, to do our best uh, this week. If you can make it Friday night to Bradenton, uh, I believe God's going to show up in a powerful way. Anybody thankful for revival in Bradenton? God is doing some tremendous things there. I know the prayer request was already mentioned, but again, I want to ask you to remember to continue to pray uh, for Brother Parker. They took him to the hospital this evening uh, with some pain. Uh, probably is, is nothing critical, uh, but, but it's never fun to be in the hospital and have to deal with any of these things. I'm believing God to touch him even right now as we call his name in this house. Anybody else believe God's able to do it just like that? Anybody understand that when you call, God answers? He's a prayer answering God. I said he's a prayer answering God. So let's remember to pray for the Parker family that God would touch him and uh, so many, so many exciting things. I want us to stand again all over this house as we prepare for the word of the Lord in this place. We want to be as expeditious as possible and, uh, and, and, and see what the Lord has for us in this building tonight. If you are grateful for the ministry of evangelist Greg Godwin, I want you to give God a great big praise. Has God not used him in such a powerful way in this house over the past several weeks, I believe that we have been in a divinely appointed season by which God has been using this tremendous evangelist in this house. And uh, I'm, we're just riding the wave. Tell your neighbor we're riding the wave. Tell your other neighbor we're riding the Holy Ghost wave. Amen. And, uh, you know, if you've ever tried to ride a wave on a surfboard before, you can't be rigid and stay riding the wave. You, you got to move this way a little bit. You got to move like that. Moves this way. Your arms got to. And when the Holy Ghost waves moving in the church, you just got to respond with whatever way God's moving. Sometimes he goes left and, and then it's right all of a sudden. Tell your neighbor, we're just riding the wave in this place tonight. And uh, I, I thank God for the five-fold ministry. Amen, somebody. I thank God for the five-fold ministry. Tell your neighbor, it's biblical. You look in your Bible, it is biblical. God appointed men to be pastors and preachers and teachers and prophets. And there were evangelists in the word of the Lord that, that traveled and and God used them from church to church in different places. And, and uh, this is a book of Acts church. Amen, somebody. This is a book of Acts revival church. And Brother Godwin, we, we are so excited you're here again tonight. We're looking forward to everything that God is doing in this house. We're hungry for the word of the Lord in this place. We want you to come and take your liberty in Jesus' name. Give God another praise as he comes tonight. Come on, if you love your bishop and his wife, say, we love you, bishop. Amen, we love them, amen. You may be seated for just a moment. Amen, it's great to be back. 
Amen. We were in California Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Got home Monday afternoon about 5. And got up this morning and I'm here with you. Back there tomorrow. And then we're coming back. We'll be back Saturday. Yet the next three weekends, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday, tell somebody the next three weeks, tell somebody it's on. Next three weeks, it's on. Amen. And uh, we're believing God for continuation of the Holy Ghost being poured out. In fact, we're believing God for it to be greater. Praying you're doing your, everybody said amen. Praying that you're doing your personal witnessing and your evangelism, not just when you have it organized, but all day, around the clock, anywhere you are. Amen. Challenge the church Sunday morning. They didn't have a sinner in the house. It was just a bunch of saved people. I had a sinner get her message because they said there were going to be sinners there and there wasn't none there. So I just talked to him about soul winning. It got tight for a little bit. Amen. But that's all right. The tighter it is, the better I like it. Hallelujah. And uh, the Holy Ghost ended up showing up in there and they got all the business cards out of the wall and out of the desk and handed them out and prayed over them. And amen. I said, now you watch. The next two or three weeks, you watch start showing up. There'll be people show up. They didn't even know that. that you had invited anybody, but just as long as you're inviting somebody, there's going to be guests. If you sow sparingly, if you sow sparingly, you reap sparingly. If you sow bountifully, you reap bountifully. But if you don't sow, you don't reap. Look at somebody say, this is a sowing church. Tell somebody, I'm a sowing saint. Amen, amen, amen. So we're believing God for many to get the Holy Ghost as happens here every Sunday, everybody said amen. 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 Thank God for that. If you got your Bibles, let's turn to some passages of Scripture. I think we've got some notes. Amen. Let's go to Psalms 133. And verse number 1 through verse number 3. Then we'll read Isaiah 10 and 27. Psalms 133, verse 1, 2, and 3. Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Everybody say exclamation point. I mean, that was with emphasis. He said, it is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard that went down to the skirts of his garments. As the dew of Hermon and as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing, even life forevermore. Everybody say the place of commanded blessing. Amen. Isaiah 10 and 27. And it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from off thy shoulder and his yoke from off thy neck. And the yoke shall be destroyed. Everybody say, the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. So I want to teach tonight on this subject, the yoke-destroying anointing for the end time. Everybody say, for the end time. Amen. The Lord bless you. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. I just want to go over, just recap some of the lessons as we launch into this, what I think will be the last one. We could go for three more months on this, but I think we've caught the gist of the series and 
And uh, I don't think, well, I know we don't have any problem here. Everybody say, we ain't got no problem here. Thank you, Jesus. But uh, amen. So anyway, we started out with Matthew 8, 5, and 14 talking about the man uh, under authority. The centurion soldier needs a miracle. And he speaks to Jesus and says, I want you to come and heal uh, my uh, servant. And the Lord says, I'll come. And the centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy. Thou should come under, everybody say under, my roof. But speak the word only and my servant shall be healed. I kind of see Jesus kind of looking at him like, what? Hey, you want me to heal him not come to the house? And the man explains, for I'm a man under authority, having soldiers under me. I say to this man, go, he goeth to another, come and he cometh to another servant, do this. And he does it. When Jesus heard it. He marveled in verse 13. He told his centurion, go thy way. So what he was saying was, I don't have to move to make give men that are under me a command because I'm under authority. Everybody say, I'm under authority. I can speak to everything under me. Amen. Now we're talking mainly here about spirits, amen, devils and all that kind of stuff. Whenever you stay under authority, when you stay under authority to bishop, Amen. And all the leaders stay in under authority under bishop. All the saints stay under authority under those that are over you. Amen. When you're under authority, you have authority. Tell somebody, we can speak to it. Tell somebody, I can speak to it. And it will obey. The word authority here means specifically the power of authority, the right to exercise more specifically uh, that of apostolic authority. Everybody say apostolic authority. We went into Satan, that Satan was not always uh, made as Satan. He was, first of all, Lucifer, the anointed cherub. Everybody say anointed cherub. Lucifer was one of three. Lucifer, Michael, and Gabriel were the three cherubims that were underneath God. Then there were seraphims. Then there was a host of angels. They were an innumerable host. The Bible said there were thousands of times thousands times 10,000 times 10,000. So thousands times thousands a million. And a million times 10,000 represents an incalculable number. So it was a million times an incalculable number times another incalculable number of holy angels. Everybody say, my, my, my. And Lucifer was now not just one of the cherubims, but the Bible says of him that he was perfect when he was made. It doesn't say that of any other angel. It says of Lucifer that he was perfect, amen, that he was anointed, he had a throne, his tabrets were prepared, the tabrets is a skin covered tambourine, he gave off the sound of a skin covered tambourine, there was something around the bottom of his garment that rang like bells and uh, this ringing of the bells, uh, uh, there was something beautiful about it and all of it in type and shadow is a type of worship, uh, leading the worship, the banging of the bells on his uh, skirt, on his garment was a type of music that would be played. And the angels said one to the other of God, he's holy, he's holy, he's holy, he's holy. He's, that's what they said before creation. That's what they said during the creation. Everybody say they're saying it now. And they will say it after all this is done. All the angels say one to another of God is he's holy, he's holy, he's holy, he's holy. He's, let's do it. Everybody just take 30 seconds and just say to everybody, he's holy, he's holy. Just keep saying it. Keep saying it. Keep saying it. That's 10 seconds. Come on, 30 seconds. That's what heaven sounds like. Amen. But there was something in Lucifer 
that looked above him and he saw the Lord on his throne and he said, I will exalt myself. I will ascend, I will exalt, I will sit, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I'll be like the most high. And then he said, yet thou shalt be dropped down to hell to the sides of the pit. So Lucifer became the devil because of his thought of rebelling against God. And he caused a discord to happen in the heavens. One third of that innumerable host of angels fell with Lucifer into the earth. And they were they became devils, demons, and and uh, 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 devils, demons, and I think the Bible calls him a dragon. Amen. Amen. He became that because he thought about exalting himself over God. Amen. So we begin to lay the groundwork for, amen, the fact that God sets everything, everybody say, decently and in order. So Satan always attacks headship or leadership. The stars first then move to the congregation seeking to set up his kingdom of false authority. Ezekiel 28 reveals how Lucifer trespassed against God's holiness. Isaiah 14 reveals Lucifer violating God's authority. To offend God's authority is far more serious than the offense of his holiness. Sinning against God's holiness is a matter of conduct. But sinning against God's authority is rebellion. Everybody say rebellion. Bible says rebellion is like as the sin of witchcraft. Whenever you allow a spirit of rebellion to begin to move in you and, and position you and begin to come out of your communication with people, amen, you're on the brink of being demon-possessed, Pentecostal-dressed person. Amen. And I have, I have been in churches Amen. It's been a while, but I've been in churches where we had to end up casting devils out of them. And every devil that was cast out was cast out of people that looked just like you. Everybody say amen. That doesn't make the dress wrong. That doesn't make the way we look wrong. But look at somebody and say, you can't fake it and make it. Revelation 12, 7 through 12 said, neither was their place found anymore in heaven. Amen. Lucifer's authority was not because of who he was, but according to his location, his positioning, his spot or opportunity. Everybody say anointing is because where you are positioned. Amen. Everybody say I'm positioned under authority. The next session we taught, we taught about uh, Moses, uh, Miriam and Aram spake against Moses. Why did they do that? Because of the Ethiopian woman whom he had married. For he had married an Ethiopian woman and they said, Hath the Lord indeed spoken only by Moses? Hath he not spoken also by us? And the Lord heard it. They say the Lord heard it. And verse 4 said, The Lord spake suddenly unto Moses and Aaron, unto the Miriam, Come ye three out into the tabernacle congregation. And they three came out. The Lord came down in a pillar of cloud, stood in the door of the tabernacle, called Aaron and Miriam, and they both came forth. He said, Hear now my words, if there be a prophet among you, I, the Lord, will make myself known in him in a vision. And then in verse 8, he said, With him will I speak mouth to mouth, even apparently, and not in dark speeches, and the similitude of the Lord shall he behold. Wherefore then were ye not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? And the anger of the Lord was kindled against them and he departed the cloud departed from off the tabernacle 
Miriam became leprous, white as snow, and Aaron uh, looked upon Miriam, and behold, she was leprous. Amen. Look at somebody and say, you don't want to speak against your bishop. Say to somebody, you don't want to speak against anybody in authority. Amen. Now you look at each other and say, I don't want to speak against you. Amen. Because we understood through one of the lessons, we submit ourselves one to the other. And we submit to him that has the rule over us. So that gives us cross is in our life when we submit everybody say when I submit amen to those around me and I submit myself to the authority over me I have the cross in my life everybody said amen amen so whenever the scripture says that wherefore you're not afraid to speak against my servant the word speak here is reviling Wherefore then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses is to defame, to rail at, to chide, to taunt, to bring reproach. The result of reviling against authority, the cloud departs. Everybody say, God leaves. Miriam was struck with leprosy. Everybody say, there's sin. And then they're cut off from the congregation. I have been in churches where there were people who looked just like us. Amen. But it didn't matter how many was getting the Holy Ghost. They'd sit over there and they just... I'm talking revival churches. I'm talking praying hundreds of people through. I'm talking about praying thousands of people through in, in just about four months. There was people in that church just. And within the three or four years I was there, they ended up backsliding. Look at somebody and say, just looking will cost you. Amen. Amen. So reviling is the proof of a rebellious heart, reviling, to defame, to talk of, to speak of somebody and defame them, to talk them down, to rail at them, to taunt, to bring reproach to them. And uh, he said, wherefore then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? What are you doing talking against him? Now Moses was a little hunched back. They believe, you know, he had a, his eyes were a little uh, uh, swollen, giving him vague uh, uh, visibility with his writing and all that. And he had a squeaky voice. Uh, but look at somebody say he was God's man. He was anointed. Amen. So look at somebody say don't, don't speak against the man of God in our life. How many of you know you can point to the day the man of God preached to you and it convicted you? Come on. How many of you are thankful for the man of God in your life? Amen. God and his delegated authority are inseparable. You cannot maintain one attitude towards God and have another towards his delegated authority. You cannot reject God's authority on one hand and receive God's authority on the other. One receives authority by being under authority. Everybody say amen. Rebellion is then contagious. Number 16 tells Korah rebelling against, uh, rebellion begins in Korah, raises up against Moses. Verses 1 through 40, 250 leaders are infected with rebellion. Verse 41 through 50, the whole congregation is infected. Look at somebody and say, rebellion is dangerously contagious. Tell somebody it spreads quick. Amen. So that's why we're talking about it. Amen. Not because there is a problem, but we want to make sure there is not a problem that comes up in five, six months, two, three years. Come on, somebody. 
1 Samuel 26 and 7, proper attitude towards anointing. David and Abishai came to the people by night. Behold, Saul lay sleeping within the trench. His spear stuck in the ground at his bolster and Abner and the people lay round about him. Then said Abishai, David, God hath delivered thine enemy into thy hand this day. Now therefore let me smite him. I pray thee with the spear even to the earth at once and I will not smite him the second time. And David said to Abishai, destroy him not. For who can stretch forth his hand against the Lord's anointed and be guiltless? Now you have to remember, Saul had made many attempts to try to kill David. David was anointed because Saul had had two strikes against him that became three. And God said, your, your, your serving is going to be over. When, you, when you're done, it's over. It's not going to transmit to anybody else. Samuel is weeping and, and trying to figure out who it's going to be. And God taps him and says, go to Jesse's house. Amen? And so there he anoints David. And David will not touch God's anointed. Everybody say, don't touch God's anointed. He said, who can stretch forth his hand against the Lord's anointed and be guiltless? The word guiltless here means innocent or clean. It appears 44 times in the Old Testament. David said, furthermore, as the Lord liveth, the Lord shall smite him or his day shall come to die, or he shall descend into battle and perish. But the Lord forbid that I should stretch forth my hand against the Lord's anointed. Saul, even though he was rejected, Saul, even though he had rebelled against Samuel, Saul, in David's mind, was God's elected man. And though David had received an anointing to be king, he would not rebel or touch Saul, so he's running through the, the wilderness, hiding in caves and all this because he doesn't want to fight back. He doesn't want to return stroke for stroke, hit for hit, spear for spear, arrow for arrow. Amen. Look at somebody and say, don't touch God's anointed because you will not be guiltless. The word guiltless is innocent or clean. He said, the Lord forbid. The word forbid here is a profane thing to bore through or pierce. It is a fatal wound. To speak against or to stretch forth your hand against the Lord's anointed. Everybody say, you're anointed. So that in a church, I just feel this, in a church, 360 degrees from you. You don't get bitter and upset and go around and start talking trash about people. You know, that woman over there in that, over here in the one, two, three, four section, she's sitting over there. And I just, she, she, well, I just ain't going to, you just know what I'm thinking. I'm not going to say it, but she's going to, the Lord forbid Amen. Look at somebody say, don't do that. Amen. Am I all right? Amen. It's a profane thing. Spirit world recognizes authority where angels were greater in power and might bring not railing accusation before the Lord. The word here, railing, is blasphemous. It means cureless, calamitous, or to be a blasphemer. Amen. Accusation is tribunal, decision, implication, damnation, or judgment. The two roots for railing are from... A word feme, which means a rumor or a saying, and blapto, which is to hinder or injure. So when Michael the archangel, when contending the devil, he disputed about the body of Moses, does not bring against him, the devil, a railing accusation, but said, The Lord rebuked thee. What did he say? He referred to Lucifer's head. Even though Lucifer was now the devil, Michael is over him. He still has respect for the anointing and the position that he had. He said, I'm still not going to touch you. The Lord rebuked thee. Look at, come on somebody. Amen, amen. 
So, uh, amen, look at somebody say, just don't rebel. Amen, don't, don't get caught in trouble. And we spoke last week about going from the wilderness to the anointing and in the wilderness, everybody in their walk with God goes through a wilderness experience where you have to stay committed, you have to stay focused. Jesus is tempted three times in 40 days and he comes out of the wilderness full of the Holy Ghost, goes into the wilderness full of the Holy Ghost, but he comes out in the power of the Holy Ghost. Now he's 30 years old, miracles begin to happen. 30 years, God in flesh does not do one miracle for 30 years. Amen, amen. Everybody say amen. He came out in the, of the wilderness in the power of the Holy Ghost. That's the miraculous ability. It went right into a church service and began to cast out devils and do miracles. Amen. And so Paul brings up, or John actually brings up Cain, Balaam, and Korah. And he says, these three men of the Old Testament are spirits in this end time era. And these three spirits, amen, you have to watch for. Amen. The spirit of Cain, uh, in short, all Cain does is compare himself with others and seeks to eliminate all competitors. You have to beware of the spirit of Cain that'll get on you whenever you're coming in, new convert, and you begin to be used. And maybe you're on the right-hand camera and you want the center camera. And so you begin to, you have to watch it. The spirit of Cain doesn't get on you. Amen. And you want to eliminate the competitors. Hey, Pastor, I saw so-and-so out. I think I saw so-and-so. I think I saw. Look at somebody and say, just keep your comments to yourself. Amen. Tell somebody Jesus can handle his business. Amen. But you get running around pointing out everybody's fault, and you got the spirit of Cain on you. Come on, if I had an organ, I'd hoop a little bit right now. Amen. Look at somebody and say, We don't need Cain in this church. Amen. Cain was angry. The spirit of the family of God drives one not to want anyone to have more of God than he himself has. Leaders have to be aware of it. Talking to the second leaders now underneath Bishop, you got to be aware. Uh, uh, you just look at somebody and say, just be aware. <laughs> because the spirit of Cain will make you burn with anger. You'll assassinate the character of anyone who's accepted and received more than you are. Because you must be first. Nothing is more important to you than your preeminence. Tell somebody the devil is a lie. Amen. You may sing solos for three months, five months, six months, or a year. You may sing every other night. Sunday in a, in a solo, but then they may miss you for the next seven months. Don't get offended. Tell somebody, just keep on singing. Amen, amen, amen. Balaam sold his calling and used his giftedness to increase his fortunes, turn the hearts of Israel to sin. Balaam led away his potential by his potential gifting. He cannot con curse them, so he perverts Israel. Beware of the spirit of Balaam and Korah, gainsaying. Korah. The word here is antilogia. It's word against word. To speak an evil word against the given word. A revolt is led against Moses and Aaron by the sons of Korah. They wanted to go back to Egypt rather than submit. They saw Moses as a brother and not a father. They too were gifted and considered it to be a source of leadership. They confused a gift of power with the mantle of authority. God gives the power gifts to the body, the church, not so the recipient can rule over set authority. Gifts are given for horizontal edification, exhortation, and comfort. Come on, tell somebody, horizontal. Amen. The gifts bless us horizontally. But if you're using the gift of the Spirit, it is no, uh, 
gift that you would operate in that would move you into vertical leadership. Amen. Come on, somebody. Tell somebody, just because the gifts move in us. Tell somebody, just because the gifts move in us and through us, it doesn't move us vertically. The gifts are to bless the body. Everybody say horizontal. Come on, it's a blessing. Come on. If God uses you in the gifts, it's for the body. It's not about you. Can I tell you, God, God will use a wicked, evil, sinner, saint in a church to get a word to somebody, but that does not mean he approves of them. Now, that's not in my notes, but I felt that. Amen. God will use a gift of his spirit in and through you, even if you're in a backslidden state. If there is somebody there that needs a word, needs to be blessed, he will use you in your sinful, rebellious condition to bless them, but that in no way gives God's approval to you. Oh, come on, somebody. Young preacher, don't ever think you can get to preach a little bit and scream a little bit during your taking up prayer request. You think you can preach a little bit. Amen. So you're just going to rebel and go out and do your own thing. Don't do that. Amen. That's rebellion. Everybody say rebellion. Amen. Korah led a revolt against Moses. He confused the gift of power with the mantle of authority. Gifts are given not for horizontal edification. They are given to build up the body. Everybody say the gifts of the Spirit are to build up the body, not lift me. They are never a qualification for leadership. Korah rebels against his uh, rebels because his gift is too big for the limitations he feels under a father. Amen. There's men get up and, you know, and who's called? Who, well, that ain't for me to know. I mean, I can tell you how it happened to me. And uh, it's the only thing that kept me above water 11 years ago. Amen. I knew I hadn't done it. I hadn't called one preacher. I hadn't called nobody for no meeting. God did it. And I'm just like, okay, God, you're going to have to... I, I'm about to die. That's the only thing at 1.30 in the morning in that little evangelist quarters in New Orleans as I crawled down the hallway up to the counter and turned the light on and fell up against that mirror about five or six inches and started screaming at myself as I was crying. Amen. What are you saying? I'm saying God will use anybody. But you don't want the gifts in you. Now, I'm not in my notes now. I'm trying to help somebody. Just because you are gifted, it's never a sign of vertical Elevation. Just because you're the best singer in the choir does not mean you deserve to be the soloist. I'm out here. I'm in no notes. I'm just talking to you now. You may have, you may have more uh, Pentecostal degree in you, but that doesn't give you the right to the pulpit. It doesn't give you the right to leadership over a department, over a class. I need some amens from everybody, so I go on we get out of here in a decent time. Amen. So we have to submit ourselves unto God, period. Everybody say period. First thing we have to learn as saints is submission. We submit ourselves, therefore, to God. How do you submit to God? You submit to his delegated authority. God, pastor. Everybody say God and pastor. Amen. I got five elders over me. 
Amen. One of them called, and I'm going down there one Sunday. He said, I think we're going to break in Brother Foster. He told me, he said, I think we're going to break another brother. I said, it's going to be a little while. I'm at Brother Williams down here in, in uh, Fort Myers. He said, oh, my God, you're there? you got to be kidding. I said, no, you was here first, and then I came. He said, we've done that before, haven't we? I said, a couple of times. And the Holy Ghost, tell somebody the Holy Ghost is doing something. Well, I'm going to go in there one Sunday, and we're going to hoop and preach and and uh, we're going to have some church, pray some people through, and then sometime later in the year, or maybe next year, we're going to lock in there and ride one out. Everybody said amen. But he's one of my elders. That's why I said, okay, I'll come. Brother Morgan called me. That's why I wasn't here Sunday. Brother Morgan called and said, I need you. I told William, I said, Brother Morgan called, I got to go. That cost him that plane ticket. Ooh, Shando, hiccuphoe. Hey, Shato. Amen. I got the best one I could get, but that big boy, Shando, hiccuphoe. That was. Woo, that made me nervous right now. Amen. But he called and warned me. We went and eight or nine got the Holy Ghost. Thank God for that. A couple baptized. Everybody say amen. You have to be submitted to authority no matter who you are. Everybody say amen. So you submit yourself therefore to God. Once you've learned submission, then you get power to resist the devil and he will flee. If you're fighting against the devil and he ain't leaving you alone, you don't need to keep fighting. You need to submit. You need to come to Bishop and say, Bishop, I need to make sure I'm submitted. You need to submit to the leaders of the department you're in. Come on, somebody. Submission activates the power to resist. Come on, somebody. We're about to have a massive revival in this church and the devils are gonna show up and don't want it to happen. But look at somebody and say, I submit to God. I submit to the bishop. And now I have power to resist the devil. Tell somebody, we have power to resist the devil. Amen, amen. The anointing is in the submission to God. The apothecary, when he'd make the anointing oil, equaled up 53 and a half pounds of ingredients. Calamus, casea, and uh, the other one slips my mind. Calamus, casea, and... Myrrh and hen of olive oil. There was one more spice. I don't remember the name of it. But they would crush them. They were like uh, hard. They had a hard inside. And they would crush them down. And the point was to crush them so much that they mingled together to have a specific smell. Three ingredients plus two oils made five. Everybody say five. This just hit me in the Holy Ghost. I've never said that. Amen. Five. Amen. In those 53 and a half pounds of ingredients, that's why whenever they got ready, the Samuel got ready to anoint, amen, he put that horn down into that oil and filled it up and then put the cork in it and went to shake it over the three older boys of Samuel and that cork wouldn't pop out. They were up here. Showing, I mean, they were they were flexing. Here's what we do. We're singing, boy. We're gonna show. We can get anointed. We're gonna preach a little bit. Folks, take up the offering. We're gonna get up there and preach a little bit. Brother Foster was doing that one time, and and uh, one of the guys got up there and got up there preaching a little bit, and Brother Foster jumped up. Hey, jumped up out of his seat. Stop that! I didn't ask you to preach. I asked you to take up the offering. Sit down. Come on, somebody. Let's take up. I mean, the place blew up. I didn't even get to preach that night. Next night, Brother Watts, who was assistant at the time, got up, take up the offering. He got up and said, let's all stand, folks. We're going to take up our offering. We know it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. And, and went to blessing Brother Foster. Hey, that's what I'm talking about. Because somebody said, you got to stay in your place. 
Amen. Even if you're a preacher, even if you're a licensed preacher, if you're not a licensed preacher, if you're anointed, if you got your title on the church paperwork, you got to stay in your place. Everybody say, stay in your place. Amen. But when old Joe came up there, Samuel saw him. He went down on his knees, curly-headed, red hair, freckles, stunk all nasty, smelled like a bunch of sheep, been sleeping with them all night, watching over them. Come in there, funk, knocking him down in his nasty, funky mess. Blowed that horn open. Pop, that cork come out and ran down his head. Old body. I mean, look at somebody and say, the anointing is costly. Amen. Then we talked to you about spiritual fathers. Paul said, though you have 10,000 instructors in Christ, you have not many fathers, for I have begotten you through the gospel. Amen. We talked about pastor. Amen. Your bishop is your spiritual father. If he prayed you through, amen, he's your spiritual father. If you prayed through under his ministry, you're a spiritual. In this church, you're a spiritual father. If you've transferred in, amen, you must, you must bring your allegiance underneath him. Is this all right, Pastor? It's not in my notes. Is this all right? Amen. Uh, you, have to, you have to bring your allegiance underneath the bishop. Amen. You can't come in here and be two-timing. Well, this man preaches to me, but my pastor's in Bangalore, Bangor, Maine or something. You, you can't do that. Amen. You, got, now you can respect him. You thank God for him. But if God brought, say, if God brought me here, then I've got to submit to God's man. Come on, tell somebody, I've got to submit to God's man. Some of y'all, now, now, I just like response. It's biblical, and I've went through that a hundred times, but I'm not going to do it again. But, I, you know, I'm, I'm making a good point here about a good man, a good preacher. Some of y'all are just, I just can't help but say something. Look at somebody say, oops, I should have said amen right there. <laughs> just to make sure there's not a bad spirit on you. Amen. Look at somebody say, amen, 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 amen. This preacher likes you to talk back to him. Amen. I've said it many times in other places. I said, you know, just say amen. Just fake it. If you hate me, if you hate what I'm saying, just say amen anyway. Just, you know, just see if I got the Holy Ghost. I can read through all your amens. Amen. But that's the quickest way to get out of here quick is just fake it and say amen. <laughs> Some of y'all didn't like that. <laughs> he said, I'm your... Uh, Said you may have teachers, ten thousand teachers. The teacher was a podagogus, was a boy leader, a servant whose office it was to take children to school. Uh, uh, the podagogus was a slave to whom boys were entrusted, leaving the care of females, which was somewhere about the sixteenth year. The office was one of general guardianship, not of instruction. What was going on in Corinth? They were following. A bunch of boy leaders. They were apostolic. They were Holy Ghost filled. They were one God believers. But in relationship, they had no relationship with the believers. But the believers were being pulled away by those preachers. Well, I'm going to have to turn to it. I didn't get enough amen. I know you're listening, but I just, oh, look at somebody say, oh, he felt something right there. Now I beseech you, 1 Corinthians 1 and 10, now I beseech you, beg you, brethren, by the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that ye all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind. Everybody say, the same mind, and in the same judgment. For it hath been declared unto me of you, my brethren, by them which are of the house of Chloe, that there are contentions 
among you. Now this I say, that every one of you saith, I'm of Paul, I'm of Paul, I'm of Cephas, I'm of Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? He said, I thank God that I baptized none of you but Crispus and Gaius, lest any should say that I'm baptized in my own name. I baptize also the house of Stephanus. Besides, I know not whether I baptize any other. For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. Well, this whole book of Corinthians, first and second, is written because of these church people. There were divisions. They were not perfectly joined together. They were full of contentions. Everybody say contentions cause divisions. And that happens when you're not of the same mind and the same judgment. Now I'm talking to born again people. People have been born again in the water and spirit. Amen. Everybody say he's talking to born again people. Amen. You have to come under order. Why? Because when you're in the world, it's a total place of chaos. It's total confusion. It's every man for himself. Kill whoever. Do whatever. Cheat whatever. But when you come into the church, you become a new creation. Old things are passed away. That's what you used to do, but you don't do it anymore. Why? Because you are a new person. Turn to somebody and say, I'm a new person. And you're in a new uh, atmosphere or firmament. And so in this atmosphere, it's not one of rebellion. It's not one of contentions. Come on, everybody say amen. 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 So these, these podagogas, these, you're following these boy leaders. Who's he calling boy leaders? Crispus, Paulus, Cephas, Paul. You're all, you're all boy leaders. You're little podagoguses. You don't have any say in these people's life. But I am your father, Paul said. Comes from a root word that means nourisher, protector, upholder, one advanced in the knowledge of Christ. Metaphorically, the originator of a family, a company of persons animated by the same spirit as himself. It don't shock me. I come here and everybody's up front and clapping and juking around. You know why? Because that's what your bishop does. I've been in church with him all over the country, two or three different places, and he does the same thing. He don't just sit back in a seat when he's there preaching. I'm just going to tell on him. He don't sit back and go. And then get up and go, Wah! Expect everybody to get. He's worshiping if it's in his home church or if it's a church he's preaching at. Come on, somebody. Amen. Somebody say amen. Amen. So, Father, uh, Later says is equivalent to the generator of a male ancestor, the founder of a race, a tribe, of a generator of people. So, when you come in here and you pray through, this man becomes a spiritual father to you. Amen. Amen. And you take time, but you'll begin to feel it because you'll feel his care and his words of nourishment to you and his concern when things aren't going well and the way he, and you'll think, man, it's like my daddy. Amen. Amen. And so Paul said, that's what I am. But these other guys, they're apostolic. They got the Holy Ghost. They believe in one God, but they're just boy leaders. He said, I am your father alone. That is, you have but one. You are to remember that however many teachers you have, that I alone am your spiritual father. Tell somebody you can't have but one daddy. Amen. I've begotten. It means uh, I am the author of your Christian life. He's the author of your Christian life. How? Because when he preaches the gospel, the gospel is seed. Everybody say seed. And the seed gets into the woman, which is the church. And the church conceives and somebody's born.
So there's more going on here than sermonizing and being eloquent and being fancy and all that. When you're preaching the Word of God, which is the Logos, you're preaching the seed. And the seed gets in the womb of the church and the church conceives and brings forth children. Somebody say amen. Amen. So that's one of the things that's got to happen for a church to have revival. They got to learn how to say amen. They got to learn how to respect the pastor. Everybody say amen. Why? Because he's your spiritual father. When he's preaching the gospel to you, amen, you are born again because he preached. What did he preach? The word of God, which is seed. And when the seed got into our, how did it get into us? We were saying, amen. Come on, pastor. And when you respond to the preaching, amen, the seed gets in you. Come on, somebody, say amen. Amen. So that's what begins to happen. He said, now the problem is you got divisions among you, contentions, debating, strife, and quarrels. Rents, schisms. He said, these boy leaders were of no condition to bring them into maturity. Look at somebody say, a preacher can't bring you into maturity. Only your daddy. How many times have y'all heard me say, since I've been here, am I okay, Bishop? How many times have I said that? Just about every night, haven't I? You know why? Because I'm just an evangelist, but I want to make sure I'm in line here. Am I okay, Bishop? Amen. Why? Because I want the word to be in congruence with what he believes. Amen. And I believe, I think we're all the same, but I want to make sure that I don't want to cross over and cause division. Amen. Why? Because I don't want to be a man that causes division. Everybody say amen. So they were following boy leaders. Everybody say every other apostolic preacher in spiritual condition to us is a boy leader. Unless Bishop brings them here, lets them preach, and then they have a little connection with you. And then it's fivefold ministry. I mean, if Brother Elder comes here, it's my own. Because that Brother Elder is his daddy. And if Brother Wilson comes without telling Brother Elder, and Brother Elder's here, when Brother Elder sees Brother Wilson, Brother Elder's going to say, Brother Wilson's here. Yes, and, and, and Pastor's going to say, yes, sir. Why? Because in that setting, Brother Wilson would have supreme authority. Then Brother Elder, then your bishop. Come on, somebody. Everybody say, if we'll stay under authority, we're going to keep having revival. But we don't want to listen to a podagogus, which is a boy leader. This was causing divisions and contentions. Favorite preachers were the order of the day. Therefore, the order of God was broken. Everybody say, broken order leads to chaos. Do you know who your daddy is? Ezra 2 and 62. These sought the register. I'm on the page 16 of your first set of notes there. These sought their register among those that were reckoned by genealogy, but they were not found. Therefore, were they as polluted, put from the priesthood. This is when they begin to go back to Israel and begin to reset up the priesthood after they've been in captivity for 70 years. And there were fakes. Everybody say fakes. They were, they were, they were of Israel, but they weren't of the tribe of Levi. But they came in and tried to say they were a Levite. I'm a Levite. Okay, what's your name? Okay, who are you from? And they were looking down through the register trying to find their name. And they said, sorry, we're not, you're not it. And they were marked as polluted and put out. Look at somebody say, you can't fake it. Huh. You can't fake it. 
priests would, could, who could not prove themselves members of the priesthood, three such families are named the sons of Habiah, the sons of Akaz, and the sons of Barzillai. These could not discover their family registers and were excluded from the exercise of priestly functions. They had lost the evidence of their descent. This loss was held to disqualify them from the exercise of the priestly office. Amen. I've read this many times, but that they had lost the evidence of their descent. Look at somebody say, do you remember who your pastor is? Mine was R.D. Whalen. 1967 to 1981 when I went to Bible school and he still was after that so 84, 85, 86, 87 long in there my pastor I mean I would just I mean I would knock at the knees I was scared every Sunday because I mean you know he believes you just wait and God will give you the Holy Ghost when he gets ready I'm like, my God, there's still people in that church waiting for the Holy Ghost. They've been worshiping the Holy Ghost since I was a kid. They're still seeking. I said, now, God, there's something wrong with that. And that's what got me. I just said, this can't be right. And it wasn't right. Amen. Everybody said, that ain't right. God's ready to give you the Holy Ghost tonight. Amen. He'll give it to you sitting in the pew, in the car, at home, at the bed. Come on. Amen. So, uh, you know, I just... I remember when I got the Holy Ghost. Man, I, I can remember all that. But they had lost the evidence of their descent. How? Because of rebellion, because of crazy thinking. They get all clouded up in their mind. Everybody say amen. Proof of sonship is the right to priesthood. Proof of sonship is the right to priesthood. And so now in our last text... Eight minutes for this last session. Look at somebody say, boom, shakalaka. Uh, he said, how wonderful it is. The Living Bible says, how wonderful and how pleasant when brothers live in harmony. For harmony is as precious as the fragrant anointing oil that was poured over Aaron's head and ran down into his beard and onto the border of his robe. Harmony is refreshing as the dew on Mount Hermon, on the mountains of Israel. And God hath pronounced his eternal blessing on Jerusalem, even life forevermore. So here... David talks about the flow of the anointing oil. It starts at the top of Mount Hermon. It's dew-like. But by the time it gets to the bottom of the mountain, down to Jordan, it's a torrent of water. Let me read through the notes. Mount Hermon rises 9,232 feet above sea level and can be seen 120 miles away. The Jordan River flows 127 miles, rising from the foot of Mount Hermon and emptying into the sea. Its headwaters lie more than 1,000 feet above sea level, emptying 1,300 feet below sea level. This is a drop of approximately 2,300 feet. Following into the Sea of Galilee, 8 miles wide, 14 miles long, and leaving to flow 65 miles to the Dead Sea, where every 24 hours the Jordan empties approximately 6 million tons of water every 24 hours. What started at the top of Mount Hermon was dew-like, misty, but it started flowing down. And as it flowed down, the further it flows, the greater it gets. Now one thing you need to realize is we are the last day church. So if you sit on the Mount Hermon, if you sit at the top of Mount Hermon, 
if you set the outpouring of the Holy Ghost as the birth of the church and let the Holy Ghost keep being poured out down the mountain all the way down to the Dead Sea when eventually we will be raptured, which would be at the feet of the golden image that Daniel saw is where we are. Tell somebody we're at the feet of the image. We're at the very end. But at the very end where the anointing is flowing, it is its strongest point that it has ever been. What am I saying? We could have been in the apostles' day. We could have been saints in Peter, James, and John's church. We could have been under the apostle Paul, but that was do-like. But tonight, you're underneath Bishop Williams, amen, at the foot of this, at the bottom of the mountain, at the flowing river Jordan. Can I tell you, six million tons of anointing oil flowing? Stand with me. Do you understand? Stand with me. Do you understand? The man of God now, and the thing I love about your bishop is he's not arrogant, he's not haughty, he doesn't puff himself up. I mean, he just, I mean, he's just, he's just a tad bit crazy, and most apostolic revival preachers are. I mean, the man don't know how to quit working. I mean, I don't know if he ever has a day off. Everybody in favor of bishop having a day off, vote aye. aye. Nobody else's vote count. Take a day off, bishop. Hallelujah. Amen. I mean, the man works. He's been up here all day. It's Cotton Picking Tuesday. It's church day. What in the name of peanut butter and jelly is he doing? You know what it is? It's anointing. It's manna. He's not just, watch, watch. He's not just somebody that dresses good and waits for his turn at the mic. But he's up here working all day on stuff for you, stuff in the building. They, last time I was here, they were working on the sound, tweaking the sound. I'm like, my God, what's wrong with this sound? They tweak it and it sounds better. I don't know what was wrong, but it sounds better. Amen. Why? Because the man of God cares. He's not only a bishop, he's not only your father in the gospel, but he's a co-laborer. Come on, somebody. Amen. And so now the anointing that's flowing on him, say to me, from him, is a mighty torrent of anointing. Amen. I'm going to stop. Amen. A mighty torrent of of anointing. First Peter 5 and 5, he said, Likewise, be young, you younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. For God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. Subject to means upatasso, it means to rank yourself under. Submission comes because of something you do. It's not because somebody said, hey, you need to stop that. And there may have to be a correction in all of our lives. I mean, when all my mess was going on, Brother Mangan, I mean, a couple of times he screamed at me, Greg, I said, shut up. I'm crying, oh, Greg, I said, shut up. Okay, okay. And he screamed at me on the phone. Now, don't go tell nobody that. And I bind you from selling this tape. No, I'm kidding. Hallelujah. <laughs> but a couple of times in those four or five months, he screamed at me, Greg Godwin, shut up. Now listen to me. Okay. I mean, I had my head a little above, little above water. One time praying there in the church and come in the back door and over in the prayer room was laying against the door where the generators or something was going on in the building. They were loud and high down. Oh, Jesus. Oh, oh. Foot got bumped. I looked up and Sister Mangan, she was trying to step over me, put her keyboard up in the closet. Oh, Greg, I'm sorry. I'd been there a couple weeks. And she said, so good to see you. And I got up and just tears was pouring, pouring. And I began to tell her, and she was looking at me like this. And I seen her look up over me, and I, I said, somebody's behind me. And I turned around, 
And there was Brother Mangan sitting about five feet behind me on the chair. Head against the walls, feet stretched out. He had soaked his shirt, crying and weeping. What was it that was a father in the gospel? Oh, he corrected me. But he also knew how to cry. Come on, somebody. Grab somebody by the hand. Amen. Come on, music. Get me out of this. I've been too long. When the body of Christ is in unity, perfectly framed together, the anointing flows through the apostolic connection to each member. Any attempt to lift or exalt oneself is to move against the anointing. That's Satan's mistake. Therefore, to move against it and not with it is to be destroyed and not anointed. We must come under the flow of the anointing that will break every yoke. Isaiah 10, 27, It shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from off his shoulder, his yoke from his neck, and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. There is nothing any more powerful than when a church comes together like this one does. First of all, as church members, everybody's connected together in the body. And then vertically, we have our authority. Men and women in position and authority. And when you have all of that together, the anointing that destroys every yoke, the only hope people have that come in here bound with drugs and alcohol and sin and depression and suicide thinking, do you know we can't preach a sermon pretty enough? I can't scream enough. I can't jump enough. I can't, wow, I can't, I can't. I can't mess my hair up enough. I can't get sweaty enough. I can't, I can't do it. But if I'm under authority, then the anointing will flow. And it may not be the best sermon. It may not be the prettiest. It may not be the deepest. But if I am under authority, the anointing that will destroy every yoke will break it off of every person that's in here. Come on, would you lift that neighbor's hand next to you right now? I feel the altar call coming. Come on. Would you make your way to this altar? Come on, bring whoever's hands you got. Bring them with you. Come in down here close. Let's come pray with each other. God, I pray for the spirit of unity to continue. In fact, increase upon this people, Lord. Upon our friends and neighbors, our guests that are here. God, we ask that your anointing would flow. Because the anointing will destroy every yoke. Anything people are bound with, the anointing will destroy it. Pray for your neighbor. Come on. Pray for them now in the name of Jesus. Pray for your friend. Pray for your friend. Come on. Whatever they're struggling with, pray for them in the name of Jesus. God, let your anointing flow. Let it flow tonight in the name of Jesus. We thank you for the revival that's in this church. We thank you for the revival that's going to continue. We thank you for the anointing that's on our bishop that flows down from him down to the rest of us. We thank you for the anointing that flows from each of us to one another. In the name of Jesus, God, we ask that we will stay submitted. We rebuke every spirit of rebellion, any spirit that would try to slip in. In the name of Jesus. Come on.
Come on, everybody sing. Anointing, fall on me. Anoint this couple, Lord. Let the power of the Holy Ghost Let's clap our hands and give God a praise.